hey, um, quickly, convergence exists to encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and love. If you're seated over here, you can just, whoosh, just look right past my head, and you should be able to read that. Um, we're still getting our, working on getting our projector replaced over there. But, um, hey, we're all about encountering Jesus and transforming cities. And I'm just so, I'm so excited and thankful about what the Lord is building, and I'm so grateful this morning that we get the privilege of honoring my parents. Um, and we're going to dive more into that because we're going to spend the whole service in that vein. But quickly, convergence is called to be out of the ordinary, to create earthquakes that shake up religion. Come on, do we need some earthquakes that shake up religion? Do we need some of that right now? I feel like we do. We burn for the church to flourish in discipleship, the leadership of Jesus, worship, and being marked by him. And we desire to see the generations discipled into family. And I just want to tell you about who we are quickly and because a lot of even who we are and the ground that you step into, the culture that you're stepping into has been pioneered by my parents. And it's a beautiful thing. And so this, this is who we are. I just want to quickly show you what our values are as a house. We value the presence first and foremost. We value the presence. We value his presence. We value communication, generosity, authenticity, honor, health, empowerment, excellence, accountability, and celebration, which we've already done a little bit and we're going to do more of. So these are our ten values as a house I want to also just let you know, next Sunday is Vision Sunday. We're really excited about the vision that the Lord has given us for 2023. And I know I said this back in June, but I'm going to say it again. And that is that the Lord, we're so thankful for everything that he's done, but we're also thankful for what he's going to do. And we're just getting started. Come on, the Lord has so much that he wants to do next year, and I am so expectant as we release vision. So I want to encourage you, if you are a part of this house, or if you're visiting and you're like, I just, do, I want to know what this is about, come next Sunday, because we're going to be unleashing some vision for next year. That also means if you're a guest and you'd like to come, we also have our Discover Convergence luncheon. It's a free lunch, an opportunity just to hear more about who we are as a church, as a house, uh, meet our staff, meet our team. It's just a great time to connect. So if you're a guest, I want you to just go ahead and register right now for that, because that's going to be after the service next week. <sighs> All right. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Come on. Well, hey, I want to spend just a, just a few minutes, and I really do mean a few minutes, so if my front row can keep me accountable, that would be amazing, because as we all know, I love to preach. I love to preach, and so I can't get too preachy this morning. Um, but I, but I, did, I did just want to, I want to lay a little bit of groundwork, because as we're preparing this morning to give honor, the question that I asked myself is, what does legacy look like? What does legacy look like? I think oftentimes legacy is looked, we, we think of legacy when we're honoring when someone's past. 
So it's almost like you look back, and, and that is legacy. But, but I think legacy is a lot more than that, right? It's not just about looking back when someone's passed. Legacy is actually almost more about the present. What is the legacy that you're carrying through now? What's the legacy that's happening and being stewarded now? Not just looking back, but there's actually legacy that we have all in this room stepped into. And when I was asking myself the question, one of the things that came out in my mind was that legacy looks like family. Not just biological family, but spiritual family. And so what does it look like to establish a legacy of family? And what I want to key in right here is that a legacy of family starts with fathers and mothers. Man, let me tell you, one of the biggest things that I am really passionate about right now is that we have a desperate need for fathers and mothers. And listen, when I say fathers and mothers, some of you are like, oh, wait, but maybe, maybe I don't have kids. I'm, I'm still talking to you. I'm still talking to you this morning. Does it matter if you have kids in the natural or if you don't have kids in the natural? There's spiritual fathers and mothers that are desperately needed in this hour to disciple the generations into family. I can't. Malachi 4.6 he will turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and strike the land with complete destruction. We need fathers. We need mothers. 1 Corinthians 4, in verse 15, Paul says, For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. We have a lot of tutors. You can YouTube that. There's a lot. What we need are fathers. We don't just need to be tutored. We don't just need to listen to the next podcast. We don't just need another YouTube channel. What we need is discipleship. What we need is fathers and mothers that are willing to put something into the ground to sow seeds that bear fruit. Fruit that remains. John 15. And I believe this is one of the greatest calls in this house, and I believe this is one of the greatest things that my parents have stewarded here, is fathers and mothers. When you look around this room, I see people that have poured deeply into my life, and a large part of that is because my parents have poured deeply into them. It's massive. And listen, we have, we have a generation right now, and um, I just like... Even looking at Gen Z, how many Gen Zers in the room do we have? Man, you guys are holding the fort down over there. All right, come on. Yeah, the rest are teaching the kids, that's right. Hey, I'm so excited and thankful for what the Lord is doing in Gen Z right now. Because I read a, a stat today, actually not today, a, a couple days ago. It was from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, and it said that Gen Z... There's, a th there's 35% of the total child population in Gen Z that are, that are currently living in single-parent families. And that's up from 31%, which is my generation, the millennial generation. 
35% single-parent families. What does that tell me? It tells me that we need fathers and mothers. That's what we need right now. And I believe, like, this is for all of us. Because when we think generational, it's not just about the older generation. It's millennials. It's all of us. All of us have an opportunity whether it is natural, immediate family, or spiritual family, to disciple and raise up the next generation. Even Gen Z, you have an opportunity to pour into the next generation. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. Let's pour into the next generation. All right, so what is one key to success when it comes to being a father and a mother? This is what I believe with all my heart. The greatest sign of success is faithfulness. At the end, when Jesus returns or when we go up to heaven, it's not going to be about how many followers you had. It's not going to be about how many good books you wrote. It's going to be about were you faithful to the call? Were you faithful with what the Lord gave you? Were you faithful to raise up the next generation? Were you faithful to be obedient? Were you faithful to steward family? Faithful to steward his presence? Faithful to raise up leaders? Faithful to be a voice in the generations? Faithful to sow? Faithful to plant? Faithful to see a city transformed? Faithful to stand when others sit? Faithful to keep intimacy the main thing? Faithful to take it to the nations? And faithful to rise above when things get hard? It's about faithfulness. You start the race, but what does it say in Philippians? It says, finish well. Finish the race. So what is the most important key to being a faithful father and mother? And I want to do this really, really fast. So Numbers 14, turn there real quick. Verse 20. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice, shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor any of those who spurned me see it. Verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. And then further down, we also find that who's the other guy that also goes into the promised land? Joshua. All right, so really fast context here, right? The Israelites sent how many spies? It's an open book test. All right, 12. 12 spies. Ten return with a fearful report, but two. Joshua and Caleb returned with a godly report. They didn't listen to the fear of man. They didn't look at the giants and go, oh, that's, that's too big for our God. What does it say about Caleb? It said he had a different spirit and he followed him fully. What's my point? There is one thing above all else that God honors, and it's faithfulness to follow him fully. 
Are you faithful to follow him fully? When 10 other people are telling you, oh no, we don't need to do this. Where's the fathers and mothers? Where's the two that are willing to say, no, 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 hold on. This is what God said. This is who God is. Are you willing to be obedient at all costs to lead the generations faithfully and to run after his presence? Who cares what's happening over here? Go after God. Go after him. Right now, we do not need people that are just going to sit back and go with the ten. We need the two that are willing to follow him fully and be faithful to the call. One thing remains, and that's obedience. Are we going to be obedient to him? Who cares what the world thinks? You're not of the world, so don't listen to the world first and foremost. Listen to him. Be obedient to his call. All right, I'm getting preachy. Unwavering obedience and faith is constantly celebrated throughout the Bible because at the end, when everything else fades, what matters is did we follow him fully? An entire generation wasn't able to enter the promised land except for two, and those two would be the leaders for the next generation of the Israelites. Joshua in Deuteronomy 31 then takes over for Moses, and he goes into the promised land, and he fathers a generation because of this moment right here when he was willing to stand and be obedient fully. A whole generation reaped the benefits of that. So listen, this morning, the reason I wanted to provide that context is because we get the honor and the privilege this morning to honor faithfulness. Like, there's a lot of things that I could get up here as their son and say, and there's a lot of things that I, that I want to say, but the biggest thing over my 32 years of life, both as a son and as a as a being on staff here at Convergence and being under their leadership, the biggest thing that I could say is how faithful they are. It's faithfulness. One of the things that's always marked me for my entire life has been all of the times that I've walked into my dad's room and he's been on his knees praying. Not just for me, for you. For you, every staff member by name, every family member by name, stewarding well by praying and being faithful in that way. And so this morning, like, we get the honor, we get to honor the yes of my parents. The yes, like if you're in this room, even if you're a guest, if you showed up this morning, you're like, I don't know what this church is all about. You are, you are in this room because of their yes. Because of what they've stewarded over 32 years of ministry. It's amazing. And you know what? This morning isn't just about looking back. It's also looking at what they're stepping into. Because we're not, they're launching into something. And I'm really excited about it. And listen, they're not leaving for those that may have questions. 
They're not leaving. They're staying, and we're super thankful for that. My dad's still on staff. He's an elder here. And so we're excited about that. But there is an apostolic call that the Lord is launching them even more into. And it's important as we go throughout this morning that we as a body acknowledge that and are willing to be the wind at their backs. The wind at their backs so that they can set sail. And listen, it's not setting sail out on their own. It's setting sail with convergence with us. We all go together. It's an apostolic voyage together as a church, as a team, as elders, as staff. We all go and we see father and mothering happen all over the nations as they go. The apostolic launch. And I'm really, I, I love that. And so, listen, I just want to quickly show a few pictures. So here we go. Yeah, there it is. Yep. So there's, there's my dad right there with a the translator. I don't know what country that was in. You could probably tell me. Bosnia, maybe? He's not sure where that is. Okay. And then over here, we have my parents with Graham Cook. And they really have stewarded an amazing relationship with Graham over the years. And Graham's poured a lot into this house. Um, here we go. Some, some old, old photos here. Yeah, I know. Uh, my mom speaking in Africa. I know Heidi said this when she was here, but I don't even know the number of times that you've been to Africa. Is it 14? 20. I was way low. 20 times she's been to Africa and just pouring in over in Mozambique. It's amazing. My dad playing the piano. So I know some of us, we may not, if you're, if you're newer to Convergence, maybe you haven't experienced this. But this is a gift. Like, I can't tell you how many times I have laid on the floor in this room while he's been playing the piano and singing. And, I mean, it's, it's marked a lot of people over the years. And so I just, I, I love that photo there. And then, and then this one. I'm going to try not to cry. Uh -huh. Legacy. Inheritance. This was a, I think it, was it a Friday night fire or something that we did? It was Father's Day, yeah, and yeah, like 2011 or somewhere in there. And um, this, my my granddad, Roy J. Fish, he went to be with the Lord. My dad there, and just the the legacy that's there, and just the way that you even honored him over the years, and the way that you continue to do that. All right, so this moment. How many of you were here for this moment? Yeah, not, not many. <laughs> so this moment was, I, I don't know what year this was, but this was when Dan McCollum and Chris Vallotton came and prayed over my parents. And the reason I have this photo up here is because this was a marking moment specifically for my mom. Because, like, past this moment, I just watched you step in even more to who you were. Like, really mothering the house, preaching a lot more, and I just, this was a really big marking moment 
I feel like for you guys and in your ministry. I love this photo. I don't know if mom has her hand on your back to say, hey, can I speak? Or is that like a, yeah, is that like a, hey, can you hurry up? Or what, anyway. But you both look happy, so, you know, whatever it is, it's good, right? <laughs> Just the joy of doing ministry. Can we acknowledge that? Can we acknowledge that ministry is not supposed to be just this dull thing that you labor through? I love the fact that my parents have fun doing ministry. Can we make ministry fun? Ministry's fun. Walking with the Lord is fun. And I, I, I love this photo because the joy that, that they brought throughout all of their years and, and what they continue to bring is contagious. Here they are with Heidi Baker, just what you guys have stewarded with relationships over the years. Um, here you guys are with Stacy Campbell and Bill Johnson. So many relationships that you guys have stewarded over the years, and it's really amazing. Really, really amazing. And we as a body have gotten to receive a lot from that because we've had people come in here apostolically because of relationship with my parents. I'm really, really grateful for that. So some things that they did over the years. Heart of Prophecy. How many have been through Heart of Prophecy? Come on. That's amazing. That's amazing. So my dad has faithfully done this for years. So many years that I used to be the one that was kind of stapling the things, and I, I was his assistant, and so I was getting the CDs ready, and, you know, I loved getting to serve my dad in that way. I loved that. And just what he has stewarded, so I know just a, a little bit of context, like Heidi Baker came here last, like a, a few weeks back, and she steps into this environment, and what does she do? She prophesies. She doesn't ever do that, just so you know having been with Heidi in different atmospheres. She doesn't do that. Why? Because you can't come into this room and not prophesy. It's what's been stewarded. It's the well that has been dug. In fact, it's so easy to prophesy in this room that we've had so many times where we've had to be like, okay, let's, you know, brief and amazing. You know, five, you know, two to three minute words. You know, we got to, we got to kind of pick it up a notch. we got to speed it up because the Lord, it's tangible in an atmosphere because of what's been sown. Heart of prophecies over the years, times where we've just been in here, even in ministry school, just sowing in the prophetic. And then you walk in here and it's like, boom. It's not an accident. It doesn't just happen. You can go a lot of other places and not experience that. And so the atmosphere that they've done, even in, in the prophetic, I think is amazing. All right, so over the years, missions, they've poured so much into missions. I already told, told you about my mom going to Mozambique for 20, 20 times, but all over Kenya, Bosnia, Nicaragua. Um, I can't even name all the countries off the top of my head, but it's a lot that they have gone into and released convergence into those countries. 
um, seeing the younger generation encounter God. So this is me. I remember when I was 11 years old over in the CAC, what's now the Community Arts Center, was the sanctuary at the time. And we were a bunch of us younger folk, I guess I'll say, were gathered in a circle and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just fell, and we all began speaking in tongues. Just praying in the Spirit instantly. And so part of what, what they've sown also has been really pouring into the younger generation and stewarding intimacy and a move of the Spirit, as I said over there. Um, apostolic movement, prophetic, I already mentioned, uh, our ministry school that... I know we had quite a few go through, myself included, just raising up revivalists. New levels in worship, um, leading as a team. That's something that they've done really well, empowered a team. We have a lot of people in this room that are bearing the fruit of that, of their empowerment as a team. Um, empowering women in ministry at a time when that wasn't popular. Unfortunately, we still have some of that theology present in the church. But what, they've, what, they, what they have stewarded, my dad really even just allowing my mom to have the opportunity to, to, to lean in. And just what they've done even in the area of really just destroying that religious spirit that is we don't want women to speak. Just destroying that thing. I love that. Um, intimacy. It needs to be on there twice. It's a good accident, right? But really, though, like the intimacy, um, a, a, a statement that sticks out over the years from you guys is one word from God changes everything. We are not here. This is another one. We are not here to do church, but to encounter him and be transformed. That's been the whole thing. And so listen, hey, I want to, uh, I want to invite our elders up. I'm going to have our elders just briefly share, and then we're going to continue to move forward. But we're just so honored and thankful for you guys. And so I want them to just kind of share briefly, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, it's hard to pick a few words. <laughs> um, you guys mean so much. Um, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, and... Uh, but I never heard about encountering. And um, when you begin to speak personally and just your lifestyle, it really hit me. And uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm encountering the Lord. Thank you for helping to lead the way. But I want to tell you a story that uh, for uh, many know this, but uh, that really blessed us, the pastor's heart. Um, Steve, you officiated over our son's wedding years ago, and uh, when he married Erica, and we were all surprised that two years later, uh, she suddenly passed away. Uh, she was a nurse and, uh, in the ER room, and somewhere along the line caught something and, and uh, passed away within 48 hours. And so... Uh, when I called you and Steve and Marcy and let you know that uh, she was sick, 
uh, everyone joined in prayer and, and then suddenly passed away. And I called to, to let you know. We traveled up there, of course, and, uh, and we were at the funeral. And then in walked Steve. And this is Amarillo. He hopped on a plane and came up there just to speak to my son and to give him an encouraging word at a critical point in his life. We will never forget that. You know, and when I saw on, the, on that, um, I was going to say, you really have a pastor's heart. But I saw under the heart of prophecy, supernaturally giving the Father's heart. That's what happened. We were given the Father's heart. Thank you. I love you guys so much. Um, you guys are worthy of honor, and I'm glad, really glad we're doing this. Um, um, several years ago, when we first started coming here, I remember a message that you were giving, Steve. And you may, you may remember this, or maybe you didn't. Um, but it really impacted me, something you said. You said that you were talking about how the world, our neighbors, when they look at us, that may be the only glimpse that they get of God. Um, and that we, with, as Christ in us, we are a reflection of him. And so you ask the question, what do, our, what do my neighbors see um, about God when they look at me? Um, what does God look like when my, when my neighbors look at me? I hope he doesn't just look busy. And that, that really, that struck me. It really struck me, and it was... Um, I can't tell you how many times over the years that that phrase has has come back to me. Um, and, you know, when you have kids and life gets busier and you have, it just seems like life is one one decision after another. You just, you know, it's just like there's just lots of stuff in life. And um, that, that one powerful word has... Um, really impacted me and it's come back and it's, it's helped me so many times to be like, okay, I'm going to tap the brakes here and I, I need to look people in the eye. Um, I know I've got some things to do here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, be focused and intentional. And I just wanted to say, when um, your neighbors look at you, when the world looks at you, Steve and Marcy, um, what do they see? What does God look like to them? And... Um, God looks really intentional when people look at you, like hyper-focused and intentional. And if anyone, has anyone here ever been looked at by Steve Fish? There's never in history been a person that has been like, I wonder if he's looking at me. There is a, such a focus and an intentionality. And, and that's when, when the Lord looks at us, I'm not like, well, is God looking at me? Like, it's this, it's this, it's, there's a focus and a purpose and an intentionality. And Marcy, when the world looks at you, um, they, they feel that God is peaceful and that there is a, okay, okay. You know, just there's a peace that is beautiful. Um, and um, so I love you guys so much. And I thank you um, that you have, um, that your words continue to echo you know, a message that you said eight years ago, whatever, um, um, it still echoes. Your words, 
legacy um, echoes um, still to this day. Great, and th thank you, Danny. Uh, when I was asked to speak in my mind's eye, Stephen Marcy, we're going to be up here. I don't want to change the order of things, but I would like to trade places with you, at least have you stand right there. I, I feel more worthy you standing and me sitting just because uh, of what you've poured your lives into. So, uh, again, just please stand. I'm going to sit. And what I'd like to say is I, I waited on the Lord. I said, this house is all about being with God right now. And so I said, Lord, give me a fresh word. And the fresh word I got is, uh, thy mercies are new each morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Then the word I got was, was faithfulness. And that was before Andrew got up. And, and Steve, I had this picture of you as a, a baker. And a baker gets up while other people are sleep, sleeping. And I mean that spiritually that you get up when other people are just living life and doing their things and you wait on God and you provide fresh, great things that, that provide sustenance for people. You spoke a word last week on faithfulness. That word has been with me all week. And you dropped a word, probably didn't even know that you dropped it, but you, you said a word about um, entitlement. And you, that was, it wasn't followed up with, it wasn't developed, but that word broke open some things in me I've been struggling with for years. And it just broke it open. Why? Because that's what you do. And, and that's the house that you've built. And, and that's what you've done to minister to people. You've laid your life down. And I'm so appreciative of that. I'm, I'm so appreciative of the many times you spoke a word that was so personal to me in my struggles. And, and, and I appreciate that. And, and Marcy... Uh, Gosh, the, the, the word I got is you're a friend of God. I thank you for looking foolish to this world. And, and the, the best seat in convergence is sitting on the floor next to Marcy. Because you choose to do what's in your heart to honor God. And uh, most of you will know, but some of you won't. So I'll, I'll relate this story quickly. But uh, in, in the spirit of looking foolish to the world, Marcy had a service a couple years ago, and Marcy says, I, I think we need to give our shoes up. <laughs> and if there, there's nothing more foolish than saying that other than walking out of church <laughs> with no shoes on. And we walk out of church with no shoes on, and there's a pile of shoes up on the stage. And within a short while, those shoes are going to Africa. Marcy gets on the phone with Heidi Baker, says, I don't know, God said something about sending you shoes, hope you can use them. And Heidi said, you won't believe this. We are ministering into an area where people are getting diseases because they don't have shoes and they're walking in environments that are, and it was wow. And uh, thank you for, for looking foolish to this world. And, and we just love you guys for, for all that you've done. Thank you. birthday glory, I guess. Well, Steve and Marcy, we moved here. I don't know if everybody knows this, but we moved here straight out of college when we were about Seth's age. Um, and uh, because we were looking for a people who were, a, were ready to pursue God at all costs and to surrender their lives. 
and we picked you guys, and we're so glad we did. Um, moved moved down here and um, just plugged into community, and we've walked really closely with you at, at different seasons, and all the seasons of your life have been on display for us, and um, thank you for being vulnerable, and... Um, showing us how to walk uh, when things were hard, when things were fun, when things were easy, and when things were just painful. And um, it's just, when Andrew was talking about legacy, the words that came to me was fruit that lasts from John 15. And um, I think about the atmosphere that you have cultivated with your surrender and with your pursuit, both of you, laying it down, laying it down over and over again, when it cost more than you thought it should, and at the same time, when it cost more than you expected it to, like in good ways, like you, the return was more than you expected. And doing that has created an atmosphere for fruit that lasts. And you have fruit that lasts all over the globe because you have chosen to be a father and a mother in every season and in every place in, that you go in life, every, every um, territory that the Lord has given you, you have occupied as a father and mother, and, and you have fruit that lasts, and you have fruit that lasts here. And um, I just want to thank you for the fruit in our lives because of walking with you. It's been a privilege to walk closely and... <clears throat> just to like follow in your footsteps. We're just enough behind you. And then I think about like moving forward even just, it's just so great to see how the Lord is, is moving things. And we get to walk with Andrew, not just when I was doing a children's choir <laughs> when, he was, when he was seven and eight, but <laughs> it's so great. I love it. And then even our kids are, are walking in this same community, and we're so grateful. Thank you. Yeah, I can remember <clears throat> when we first moved down here, um, being in a little discipleship group in your office, Steve, and um, I was just, you know, good little Baptist boy, didn't know what speaking in tongues or being filled with the Holy Spirit was, and I had a ton of questions. I had more questions than I had answers for sure, which is probably a good thing. I need to get back to that, but... Um, but you were just so patient. I think growing up being a good little Baptist boy yourself, you were patient with me and and just dug in there with me and discipled me in a way that I, I desperately needed at the time. And um, I think even about uh, you guys leading the little worshiping warriors thing that we did on Sunday nights for a season and, and what that sowed into Kim and I just in terms of family ministry, you know, and learning how to worship together as a family and, you know, it was all new. It was all new for me, um, and I learned so much. And I can I can just remember, you know, the countless times of sitting with you guys and learning from you. And you know, I probably I was calculating. I think I probably listened to about five hundred sermons, you know, from you, Steve, and probably close to that from you, Marcy. If you count each time you spoke in staff, you know, as a sermon, which they all are good and wonderful, and so um, they they count as that. Um, 
I'm just so thankful for all the ways that you guys have poured into us over the years. Um, and Marcy, just um, you letting me come with you to Mozambique in 2005, you know, and, and just seeing, seeing that in operation of, you know, I, I would hear you talk about our friends in Mozambique and our friends here and our friends there. And I'm like, how does she have so many friends? I can't keep up with my friends who are next door to me, much less my friends who are in Mozambique and everywhere else. But you do. You, you guys know how to be friends with people all around the world, and you do it really well. And I'm so thankful for that. And, um, and I, I am thankful for you guys as a father and a mother. And um, the, the thing that sticks out to me the most is when I lost my dad. And um, Steve, you said to me um, right back there in, in after a staff meeting, and I was dealing with stuff with my mom at the time, I think, and, and you were like, Jason, you're a good son. <laughs> and that just hit me so strong. I mean, anybody can say that, right? You're a good son. But when it comes from a father, and a father I have history with, and a father that has, has fathered me over the years, um, it helped me keep going. And not just keep going, but really to thrive in a season that was so difficult. And um, I'm just so thankful, not for just that season, but for all the seasons um, that we've walked together. And just love you guys so much. Bless you. Faithfulness is the is the word yeah. that describes you. And I remember when you talked about um, Howard and Mary Ellen, and when you would say, when he says God is faithful, it means something. Yeah. Yeah. That has been passed down to you. Yeah. And you can say God is faithful, and it means something. Thank you. All right, well, hey, we want to, we want to, obviously, we've been honoring with our words, but we want to honor by sowing into them this morning. So, we want to do a launch offering. And so, you can scan the QR code there, and it'll take you straight to the online page to give directly. Everything that is collected through this is going to go straight to bless my parents. And um, as you know, we've been sending out some communication, but they're, they're looking to raise um, 100000 just to allow them to step into their next season. And what's amazing is, is they already have close to half of it, which is amazing. So they've been given around $47,000, which is incredible. Um, but we want to see them meet that goal. We want to just sow generously into them and to have the opportunity to give to them and to just launch them in to the season that they are um, jumping into. And of course, they're still here, but again, there's, there's apostolic things that the Lord has for them that we want to just even both generously sow and also just get the opportunity here in a minute to pray and send them into. So you can go ahead and scan. You can also come up. We have baskets at the front as well, and at the sound booth, and everything that is in those baskets right now is going to go directly to, um, to bless Steve and Marcy.
also, um, there is a card in your um, seat with a pin. And so I am collecting um, these at the end. So there's a basket in the foyer um, with pins, and then you can put your, um, your little card there. I really would like for you guys to fill these out, honor them with a blessing, a memory, an encouragement, um, just something that you've seen over the years or something that you just feel in your heart to bless them with. Um, and I've collected, I'm going to present this to you guys in a little bit, but several people have already written me letters. And so um, I'm going to present these to you guys this morning. But out of both of these, out of the cards that are in your seat and out of these that have already been given to me, I'm going to create a book for you guys um, so that you can have and always read through them. So, yeah. So come up, parents. Yeah, can we stand and honor them? Can we do that? Just as, as they come up and, yeah, come on. Just so, so, so grateful. Love you guys. And so we want to, uh, we want to present, yeah, let's, let's do, I want to present some flowers. And I just want to invite our, uh, our staff and elders up as well. Along with, if you were former staff, so it's amazing, we've got Tom and Wendy Dermot here, Gary Lankford, Rick Montgomery, if you guys would all come as well, if you've, if you've been on staff at any time, uh, anywhere behind, we're going to be praying over them, so, um, yeah. Yeah, you can just come up here. We also got you guys a gift. Um, they're keys, and so um, it's just for you to display in your house just to represent um, the new season that you're launching into and the five-fold apostolic ministry um, and just the apostolic that you guys are stepping into. So, <laughs> Yeah, so flowers as well. I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, um, please, if you're giving, continue giving, but um, just, can we just extend our hands as well, and just, we're just going to pray and just release them, and so, Lord, we just thank you for everything that you're doing, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for even for the legacy, the faithfulness, Lord, that they've stewarded, and Lord, we just, we just take an opportunity to say thank you. Thank you. And, Lord, we just thank you for what they're stepping into, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for the launching pad, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that, that they're here, but they're launching into even new things that the Lord has. And so we just thank you for that, even as the keys were fivefold, Lord. We just ask you even for there to be a greater release of the fivefold giftings. A greater release of that, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. Not just for them, Lord, but for them to release the fivefold in others, to release the fivefold everywhere that they go, to apostolically call people, congregations, nations to walk in the fivefold giftings, Lord. So we just thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you even for the Joshuas and Caleb's that they're going to raise, that they're already raising up, Lord. 
for the Joshua and Caleb's, Lord, for those that, that will step in and father, Lord, and mother. And we just thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. And we just thank you right now. And we just, even as a church, we just say we're so proud of you. We're so thankful for you. We honor you. We love you. And we, we thank you that even as a house, we get the opportunity to be the wind at your back as you run. As you run. As you run. And so we just thank you for that. And we just thank you for the wind that you're carrying here, but the wind that you're carrying as you, as you take it out. Thank you, Lord. I felt that it was important this morning just to speak over um, a few things that were spoken in the letters. And these are just things that people have said um, over you guys. That you lead with kindness, that I know you've been with our king that you lead gently with intentionality. Under your leadership, I have felt safe and heard. You've showed me what, healthy, what, what a healthy leadership team looks like. You have interceded, listened, studied, and worshiped. You've given yourselves over to, in order to edify, exhort, and comfort us, the church specifically. You've created a safe place for people to encounter the Lord in community. My life has been changed for the better because of you. You guys live out unity so well. Um, and as I was praying this morning, I just felt like the Lord said um, that as you launch into this new season, you're depositing seeds everywhere that you go. But you're also picking the flowers of the seeds that were previously um, sown in other seasons. I feel um, also that as you kept walking, I just saw, saw gold just falling. And um, that you both are just very deep wells of wisdom. And it truly is an honor <laughs> to be your daughter-in-law but also to do life with you so closely, um, but also to see you both um, just as leaders. You guys have paved the way for us in a really beautiful way and just taught us how to lead well. And so we're so thankful for you. We bless you. We support you. Andrew said, we're just the wind behind you, just pushing you, blowing on you, encouraging you, being your biggest cheerleaders. And I, I kind of like to give a scripture verse that it's really interesting we talked in our values about encountering him and, and if you remember the first time we that was written it talked about encountering Jesus and being and being transformed and then we moved in encountering him and transforming cities well 2 Corinthians 3 18 says and we all 
with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And then the next verse in chapter 4 says, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, you're not done. <laughs> and that um, we're not losing heart because the call is still the same. And it's moving from glory to glory. And so we just say yes, yes, yes to all of that. I, uh, I was just hearing 1 Corinthians 13. You could speak with the tongues of angels. You could fathom all the mysteries and prophesy like a pro, but have not love and you would be nothing. And I felt the Lord say, you've passed the test of love. I felt the Lord honor you very strongly today that since his own time on earth, when he demonstrated signs and wonders, there was always the temptation to seek after the signs and wonder instead of the sun, instead of love. But you have forsaken that. You have sought love. You have sought the sun. And you have, you've, gotten, you've gotten love. You know, Bob Jones says, you know, that's the question, right? Did I learn to love? Did I learn to be Christ, who is love? Did I learn him? Did I learn love? And I felt the Lord say, you don't need to know that on the day you stand before him in heaven. You can know it now. You've learned to love. And then I saw transition into the future, that this is the key ingredient to the apostolic foundation, which is built upon him, the cornerstone. Everything's modeled after him. Everything's modeled after love. And I saw the Lord say that you are raising up sons and daughters, not just workers, not just hired hands who possess gifts, but sons and daughters who are filled with love, possessed by love, because they know they are not, they are not orphans, they're sons and daughters. Because you are good fathers and mothers, modeled after love. And I see these sons and daughters rising up, being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone of love, moving forward, worshiping him, and not in idolatry. And yes, they will be filled with power, but they'll be filled with love. And so I just bless you, father and mother in faith. You've passed the test of love. I bless you to go forth, ho, and raise up a generation of sons and daughters of all ages. I see them babies, all, all ages, taking their place as sons and daughters. The earth is groaning for it, and you're here to raise them up. I saw you guys um, I think there's the temptation in ministry to feel like you need to control and hold on to things so many leaders lead that way kind of wrapping everything up and trying to keep it under control but what I saw you guys 
and I heard from the Lord was that for 30 years, you've held open the door of encounter. I saw you guys as the doorstop that held open the door of encounter. You were immovable and it took a lot of courage. And there were a lot of people that, you know, came through. I saw a lot of people coming through over the last 30 years that would have seek to close that door of encounter or just move it just a little bit, just not quite there. And you guys were steadfast. Thank you for holding open the door of encounter in this house and in this region, in this city. together but for mostly Steve I think I saw you in a drafting room in a place in the palaces of heaven and you and the Lord were looking over blueprints making plans for things to build and he was rolling them up to give them to you and you reached out your hand but he bypassed putting them in your hand and he put them in your heart And then he took you over to this map. It's like a living map of the whole globe. And he started to highlight different places that would just glow with his light and glory. And the things that he, those blueprints that he put in your heart started to be built there and grow up. And those places transformed with the kingdom the nations are your inheritance and they are your crown. And then I saw him as that you're his crown in that aspect of working together with him and building his kingdom over the world. And then Marcy, I saw you as you so often do. You're sitting on the ground worshiping, but I saw a megaphone in your hand. And as you brought it up to speak you spoke to the land itself and all these different places you spoke to the land over and over and everywhere you spoke it was transformed there was life that sprung forth where there was death before there was peace where there was war and there was beauty where there was dest destruction the transforming power that both of you hold as we launch you it's a very good word launching you renewed with a more intentional focus of transforming the world you've already been doing it but now it's like this um, highlighted moment this timeliness that it's going to be even more 
be even bigger. And I know that I personally am just so privileged to be part of that wind, to be part of your team, and to go with you in it. I want to see your faces. <laughs> so I heard the Lord say, welcome to the great adventure. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and I saw you walking a path, and before you was a path of confidence and surety. Every step that you took was a path of confidence, and it was a path of surety. And I saw provision coming and raining from the heavens. And I saw no worries no concerns about tomorrow or the day, next day or the day after that or the day after that. And I saw you holding a kaleidoscope. And you remember as a child, you'd have the kaleidoscope and it would be really blurry and out of focus. And as you would begin to turn it, things would come into focus. And there was color and beauty in the focus of the kaleidoscope. And I saw the Lord being the one turning the kaleidoscope and causing the beauty and the focus begin to take place. That lines up with what I was singing this morning over you guys. I was hearing that phrase, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your lives. And I realized that that's just the deposit that you leave behind you because you carry goodness and mercy within you and you leave that deposit behind. And how we were singing that he pursues us, but it was like I saw a picture of Jesus and he was standing right in front of you because his word promises there's no place we can go where his presence is not already there. And it was like, he was smiling with arms open wide. And there was a promise that there is no uncertainty in your future with him. There is only a stepping into each next step as he leads you along the way. And that it's going to be an adventure. And it's going to be new levels of joy. And I just bless you and I place a demand upon you to release what's been stored up within you for this next season. It's time for it to be released. It's been held for such a time as this. And there is a world, there are nations, there are churches, there are ministries that have been waiting for this season to be released within you. And I bless you to go forth with confidence, with joy, and with comfort that he's already there and he's already prepared a place for you and opened the doors of favor that no man can shut. Yeah, and I just want to affirm too, just like I said something to you guys when you came to LCU over the summer. And I just saw a marked change in you. Have you gone to a whole nother level? And Andrew said, talk, talked about stories and like we could go for the rest of the day. But I just remember even where I am now and Todd calling you and you basically saying, you've got to get this guy. And it's almost like all those years, all those years of ministry funneled into this moment and it's beginning to increase you don't know this, but then that morning that you came to LCU and it broke out, it's just continued to escalate. It's that fathering, that apostolic 
and it's happened at least five or six more times and it all can be traced back to that morning and you know when we went through Toronto we went through, Revi- we went through Brownsville there was nobody to go to there were no fathers I mean we'd never seen this before so literally we were making this up as we went along and, but we had the advantage now 30 years, 30 years later to look back and speak to these Gen Z's you know and bring that wisdom bring that fathering and say there's some things you don't want to do let us tell you why and I see you as a forerunner to that, to bring bring fathering to a movement. Because all of the revivals and everything, there's never really been fathers. And I really feel you are going to begin to step in and lead in that area over and over again. And even guys like Todd White saying, you know, I need men like Steve around me. These guys recognizing the need for a father. And I see you guys as forerunners in that area to bring the wisdom. And they're crying out for it. I see it every day. You know, I sat down with a young lady, and she's only 23 years old. You name it, she's done it. But you look at her life now, these radical, radical encounters with God. And she looked at me and said, you know, a third of my generation has been murdered. And it, and it needs to stop. And it's couples like you that you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed. And we're seeing it stop. But what's the next step? And I don't know what that is, but I feel like for the two of you, you have keys that are going to show what this looks like to begin to repair the damage that's been done, to be able to begin to repair the losses. So, Lord, I thank you for them. And I agree with launch. It's building. And you guys, you don't have to go and look for it. It's making its way towards you right now. The door is open. It's coming finances are already taken care of in the spiritual realm. Ride the wave, enjoy the ride, and be who you are. In Jesus' name. So this night I had a dream, and we were in here in the sanctuary, and I saw the red chairs, but then as I looked up, suddenly the room changed into like a cathedral, like you see in Europe. And um, I was asking the Lord about it, and it I just feel he's saying that you have transcended culture and you're able to move in and out from the familiar and the from family and community and closeness into areas that you're maybe not as familiar with, but you do it with grace and with power and with love and intentionality. And um, you're affecting history because these cathedrals, they've been standing for hundreds of years but you're affecting the culture in those cathedrals and in those areas of um, what is established things that is established through history or tradition or culture or whatever you are going in and you're shifting things and I just bless that in you your intention the, the the little things the faithfulness that you've shown here it is propelling you into these greater things and you've been faithful with the little and you'll be faithful with the bigger I just bless you, Stephen Marcy, for this new season. Yeah. Love you guys, first of all. But uh, I saw, um, I just saw a picture, uh, even just as I came in, of, of a wine cellar. And I just saw um, bottles of wine, and each, each one were, were labeled with uh, every year that you've been in ministry. And I, I just... I, I sensed um, 
when I was first seeing it, I, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be something where you guys are going to give those bottles um, to other people so that they can drink and so that they can um, enjoy the fruit of what the Lord's done. And, and the Lord, like, stopped me, and he was like, well, it, it is that. Um, but I also saw you, it was like you were drinking from each bottle. Both of you guys were drinking from each of those bottles. So it's, it was like the Lord saying, each of the bottles that represent those years of ministry, um, it's going to come back in delight um, and enjoy in your own life and in your own ministry. And so I just saw you seated at the table um, with leaders and with pastors. And it was like you said, that they would bring a problem or they would bring an issue to you and they'd say, we're, we're struggling with this in our church. And then you'd tell them like, all right, just one second, I'm gonna run down to the cellar. And it was like, you'd pull a bottle from from whatever year where the Lord brought, oh yeah, you know, in, in 1994, we, we dealt with this or in 2003, we dealt with this. Um, but as you're pouring out the glasses, um, it was like you poured one for yourself too. And there's still just like that, that pouring back out on you guys. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just so thankful for that. And so Lord, I just bless um, mom and dad this morning, just with that um, Jesus, even, even at the wedding at Cana, when you said you saved the best wine for last. And so I just thank you for all of the, all of the different bottles that are going to continue to go in that cellar. And Lord, I just ask that you would pour back out on them, pressed down, shaken together, running over in the way that they've poured out and sown. Um, and so, Lord, I just thank you for that new wine, and I thank you for the old wine, and I thank you for the combination of all the ways that you're going to bless um, not just this region, but the nations of the world. And thank you for it in Jesus' name. Just real quickly, I, I just I just felt like the Lord was just saying, get ready to steward abundance. We talked about that a while ago, and I, I just feel like the Lord is bringing you into a season of abundance um, in the natural, where you have experienced abundance in the spiritual. Um, you do have a wine cellar. You have you have an abundance to draw from, and you have abundance. It's it's just like they were talking about with the prophetic in this house. What you guys have have sown, I can walk in, and and it's like a buffet table. I can just go along, and I can just pick up a prophetic word and hand it to somebody. It's it's that easy. It's like walking into a buffet, and I feel like you guys have 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 stewarded in the spirit so well that there's a buffet table, not just for yourself, but anybody can walk into it and take from the table. And, and there is a, a, a um, there is a learning that the Lord is going to have for you in stewarding in abundance. Um, and us not being a pig, right? <laughs> not loading up, but, but okay, Lord, what, what do you have for me now? What do you have for me today? And taking from that. And that's not just in the, I, I feel like you're even going to turn down thousands of dollars because it's not it's it's like just when when they kept bringing the gold you know and it's too it's too much we're gonna have to turn it away and there and there's even there's even abundance in the natural that you're going to be turning away just like you've learned to to steward in the spiritual of of nope that's not for today this is what's for today this is what's on my plate today and um yeah this is just such a season of abundance for you guys in every realm in every realm Bless you guys. Love you so much.
Yeah, Steve and Marcy, uh, you've been faithful in a little thing. That was long ago. You've been faithful in much for your lifetimes. And, and I sense God is saying you will be faithful in much more. He's going to give you much more. As you share ministry from here and you go out, you're going to experience much more. And there will be times where you question that, but he's going to enlarge your heart. You, you may think it's full, and, and, but he'll enlarge it. And, uh, hallelujah. And, and I know there is something inside that says, well, there's stuff that's not finished here. There's stuff that's not finished there. There's even personal things. There's ministry things. And now I've got two things going on. But I hear the word unpack. I feel God is going to unpack the prayers that you folks have had for all of these years. And you're not leaving concerns behind as you split your time. God is going to be faithful over what you've been praying for all this time. And he's going to unpack those prayers and you're going to be amazed uh, in what he does. Um, yeah, I heard the word uh, initially house of refuge and I was asking the Lord what does that mean I just saw this picture and it was it was this building and people were going in but they were quickly coming out it was this like smooth transition of in and out in and out and I felt like the Lord say like you Pastor Steve and you um, Pastor Marcy are a house of refuge you go in people come and they go they go through you and they get healing and training and then you send them out. You don't you don't keep, but you send. You send out. People come and you provide what they need, and then you send them out. Um, and then I even just related that to the life of Jesus. It's how he he came and he trained disciples, and then he said, "It is better that I go." And then he said, "You are called to do greater things than I did." And I see that on you guys towards the next generation, where you train them and you send them and you say now go do better things than we did and it is better that we leave people might want you to say and say no but our ministry have been booming since you've been here but it's like no it is better that we leave because you were going to do greater things than we did without us being here and I just saw you guys going to different locations across the world across the nations and and being that that place of refuge that house of refuge and training those places booming in ministry. I really asked the Lord what to say. Believe that? Yeah, it's the truth. Um, we've been here the whole 32 years. <laughs> and there's a few of us that can say that. But through all that time, people would come to me and say, why do you still stay here? Why haven't you gone? Why haven't you moved on? And what I've always told them was, as long as the leadership here will follow God, no matter what he says, I'm here. Steve, Marcy, you've done that. And I feel like God is saying to you now, be ready to continue to do it. Because whatever you think I have for you, I have more. Yeah. And it's not over yet. And there's still a lot to do. And Father, just do it. I remember that um, when Steve and Marcy first came, that 
we began to go with them and um, a special trip to Colorado and um, both Daniel and Jeff were just touched by the Lord and they're still walking in that in their lives it was a it was a time when the presence of God just overwhelmed them and uh, it seems like we've been all over the world together all over the U.S. or a lot and uh, Steve asked me to go to Bosnia one time and I had no idea where Bosnia was I didn't know their history but um, because he asked I knew that it was going to be good and I was just thinking that so many of the most profound encounters that I've had personally with the Lord has either been with Steve or because of Steve and Marcy. And uh, it's just, uh, I love you. And um, I just have seen, so we've traveled enough together that I've seen the, the power and the joy of the Lord flow through Steve and um, the impact that it's had on everyone in the audience, but especially uh, overseas in uh, Africa, just the impact that it's had on pastors. And uh, I've just seen you walk into joy. It's been a joy. I've seen you walk into joy of your calling. And I believe with all of my heart that, um, that that door is opening up even more and that you will speak in front of thousands and they will be impacted with the love of God. And what more could you ask for? Hey, can we stand? We're going to end here, but just extend your hands one last time. And Lord, we just thank you for fresh fire, Lord. We just thank you for fresh fire right now, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for fresh fire, Lord. I just kept hearing that phrase like you've seen so much, but you haven't seen anything. You've, you've seen so much, but you haven't seen anything. So we thank you for the more. We release you into the more. We thank you for the more. We launch you. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. And we just ask you that there's fresh fire, the fresh fire of intimacy, the fresh fire of passion, the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit is going to mark your ministry. It's going to mark your lives, Lord. And so we just thank you for fresh refreshness, Lord, refreshing. We thank you, Lord, for fresh wind, fresh wind, Lord fresh wind Lord and we just thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit let it burn Lord let it burn Lord let their hearts burn even more Lord their hearts burn even more Lord as they stay tethered to you so we just thank you we just honor you just thank you for the more that you have, for the more that you have. <sighs> Jesus. Oh. Hey, I want to encourage you if you wrote a note to just drop it um, as you leave. And then we just really want to bless them and give to them. So just I encourage you to do that and 
We're just so, so thankful, and we just love you guys, and we honor you. Yeah, can we just, can we just give a round real quick? Yeah. Thank you. Wow.